to Jesus. And he says, okay, well then give me money. And we're like, eh, I'm good. Then our God's not Jesus, and we have not given him our life. And that's the, that's the, that is the most significant God of the American culture, is money. <clears throat> and it doesn't mean you're supposed to be poor. It doesn't mean that pastors got to drive around in beaters. It doesn't mean you can't have nice things. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. <clears throat> it just means that money rules us, and we find all of our comfort in it. And that we will literally, and I used to think like this. When I was a college student, somebody's like, hey, man, you want to go on a mission trip? I, do, I totally would. I totally would, man, but I just don't have the money to do it. So I have the money to do it. Well, you can raise it. Yeah, I know. I just don't even know what to ask. Like, that's me not trusting the Lord at all. And that's me saying I'll do God's work if I have money. Which means money is money is God. Because it permits me to do God's work. It permits me to live. It, it permits me. Money does. I can't even tell you... <clears throat> about our financial situation right now. But what I can tell you is, is on Monday, the Lord told us to bring a little girl home, and she's here now. And 100% of the financial responsibility for that little girl's life is God. He's responsible. Not me. It's his daughter. I'm just going to love her and multiply that into her while he, while he feeds her and while he clothes her and while he protects her. I'm just going to do what I do. <clears throat> but I didn't get there overnight. And I'm not special. I'm just an example of the freedom that, that Jesus actually offers. Okay? So let's pull some other crap out. Lack. Lack. So lack is, <clears throat> I just, you never have enough. You just never have enough. It doesn't matter what it is, you never have enough. You can never have enough money, you can never have enough supplies saved up. Your 401k can never be big enough. You can never have, you can, it's, it doesn't matter. There's always something that you don't have that you need, and it's keeping you constantly in a state of discontentment and ungratefulness. That's lack. And, it, and lack also causes you to constantly strive for more because you're also not enough. And that's lack. And the only issue is, is that the Word says that lack is not our problem. And back to the suffering thing and the comfort thing, what Bob also says in James 1 is if we can count our trials as joy because they test our faith and they produce perseverance. And once our perseverance is perfected, then we will lack nothing. Other versions say that we'll find our place, in, we will find ourselves not lacking. Like, and it's not even money, man. Like, we're so money focused that we think everything in the Bible is talking about money. Blessings are money. No, not lacking is money. The the fruit of my harvest is money. Like everything's money. You know why? Because our God is money. <laughs> our God is money. That's why we think all He's trying to do is get money into our hands. There's just so much more. You want to know the most powerful manifestation of God? And I know you know it's not money. <clears throat> Did He create with healing? Did He create the universe with healing? Did he create the universe with, with encouragement? This right here, this is the most powerful manifestation of, of God that you could possibly experience, the spoken word. And that's what you can get more of in boldness. Sow all your money away and reap a harvest of boldness and fearlessness. 
and trust and faith. Like that's what you can have in the Lord. And then he says, all things are possible for those who believe. So sow all your money away. And while you're thinking that he's just going to give you a bunch more money, he gives you belief, which is what all things are possible with. God's amazing. <clears throat> applause. We stuff applause in there. Applause is good job. I'm proud of you, son, which is what we've never heard. And not that we didn't ever hear it. But our fathers were taught that the only way that I'm ever going to tell you a good job is if you work for it. That's what my dad was taught. My dad was told whenever, hey, son, you're really good at football. And if you go to the University of Tennessee and play, I'll buy you a car. But if you don't, I'll never speak to you again. That's what my dad's dad told him. That's how our fathers were raised. There was no encouragement. There was no good job. There was what? Stick dirt on it and rub and walk and walk it off. Quit, quit crying, sissy. You know all that kind of stuff. There was no, and so <clears throat> most men that raised us didn't know how to don't know how to raise us with "I love you, son," and "I'm proud of you." I'll tell Kendrick I'm proud of him. He'll say, "Well, what did I do, Dad?" And I'll say, "You're my son. You didn't do anything. You'll never be able to do anything that made me proud because I was proud the moment I laid eyes on you." <clears throat> and you should be proud of yourself too. And so because we've not had that multiplied into us, then what we have in us is this constant desire to be affirmed and applauded and, and rewarded. And that's why all of our secular jobs have this giant reward scale. And everybody's, you know, Lindsay was the greatest. And she really lived <clears throat> for this a lot, honestly. She was just like the number one uh, employee for SunTrust for like two or three years. We went on vacation sport and everything, like the number one out of 1,100 boys. But it was just, she never stopped striving for it. So one wasn't even enough, because you had to get one again, and then you had to get one again. And <clears throat> what she was really looking for, when, when you have this desire in you for applause, to have someone tell you good job, because the Lord already, the Lord, if you just wouldn't believe what he says, you've already got all the validation that you need. But the wound that we actually have is validation. And, <clears throat> and so we want to be validated. That's why we want to be applauded. But what it actually is, is work, what we want to be is worshipped. Because it's worship. If all praise was, is designed for the Lord, if we, never, if we never left the garden, all praise would have been for the Lord, right? And what did Lucifer get cast out of heaven for doing? Wanting to be worshipped, wanting to be praised and applauded, and and that's that's who got in us. And so now we we live our lives wanting to be applauded and validated and ultimately worshipped, which is because it's worship. You know, he showed me this a few years ago. <clears throat> he showed me me speaking on a stage and saying something profound. I don't even know what I said, but all. He just showed me on stage. I knew I said something profound, profound and then everybody was like, <laughs> and I was like, what is that? He goes, you want my praise? And I was like, oh my gosh. Well, until I don't want your praise, I want make me a mute. Because I'd rather be mute. <laughs> than to steal your praise, dude, because I'm not getting cast out. He don't care. He don't show favorites. He said that too. Like, still is praise long enough. 
Make make your whole life about people worshiping you long enough. See what see how it turns out for you. <clears throat> Control. So these things are these, these are things that have to they have to be rooted out. And and these are all things that we that we put in us. And what we've done is we've constructed a version of us that we call ourselves. But it's actually not ourselves. It's a recreation. This is the version of us that we've created to cope with life. This one right here, this is addiction. I could the word addiction could be here. Addiction is is control. I, and it's so much control that I'm so out of control that I gotta I have to control my reality to feel safe. That's addiction. <clears throat> but we can we control everything. Religion is control. So you go into this church and they don't speak in tongues. They do sprinkle. Sometimes they baptize fully in water. They don't, you know, wear blue jeans. Well, they're just controlling the group of people that are allowed to be there. And there's like a thousand of them. And we call them all these different things. Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, all this stuff. I, <clears throat> I would challenge, I will challenge. I'm, I'll tell you right now, I don't have the money that I'm about, to, I'm about to bet you. I don't have the money. But I'm so secure in my bet that I don't need it because I know I'm going to win your money. Find one name of one denomination in the Bible. You won't. Somebody's gonna take one of them. Dang, one of the books. It's not in there. They're called arms. They're called legs. They're called lips. They're called eyes. They're called. It's the different functions of the body. But we want to control everything because we want it to be comfortable, and we want to be right. Yeah. And we don't want uncomfortable things there. We don't want people there that that ruffle our feathers. We don't really like that. We we can't have somebody that's that's we perceive as turf we're stomping on our turf. We've got to get enemies and, and threats out of out of the place because <clears throat> we don't really know what they're about because we don't actually trust the Lord with the people he's sending into our own communities. So we just try to control everything. So we've got to get control out because that's one of the biggest illusions that there is anyways because there's not a single thing in our lives that we're in control of. So that's maybe like the food we eat, maybe. But we're not even really in control of that. Because we can go to the we can go to the grocery store right now and buy the healthiest food that there is, and it's still filled with toxins and and, and terrible terrible chemicals because of the way it's produced. I mean, we're really not even in control of that, but we're definitely not in control of our lives. The only thing we can actually control, I would say, on some level, is surrender. But while your heart looks like that, you're not going to surrender either. <clears throat> Anxiety. Anxiety is rooted in fear. <clears throat> and what we're going to find is a lot of these are attached because they actually, there's a root. There's a beginning to these things. You know where anxiety starts? You might know this, but I don't, I don't know what kind of human development stuff you study in school. It starts in the first 18 months of your life. And it has to do with, with having a secure attachment with your parents or an insecure attachment with your parents. Did your parents... When you cried, did they feed you? When you cried, did they put you to sleep? When you cried, did they change your diaper? Or when you cried, did they not feed you? Did they not change your diaper? Did they not meet your needs? 
that's when fear, the root of fear, begins to grow in someone's life before they can even do anything on their own. <clears throat> and so if you have chronic anxiety, like, let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. And what, the only way you're going to get delivered from it is if you let me and the Holy Spirit walk with you or someone in the Holy Spirit into the, the depths of this thing and look at that. you got to look at it. The reason why it's still there is because you won't look at it. You're running from it and therefore trying to control your feelings about it, and you can't. It's just going to keep growing. Anxiety. <laughs> Anxiety is the fear of the future. The fear of what if. I don't know what's going to happen. How's this, how's this going to work out? Listen, I know so much about anxiety. This last 18 months was just absolutely insane in our lives. We never knew. We don't today. I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I absolutely no idea how the next 30 days of our lives are going to get paid for, but I don't have to know. And we're not allowed to charge people for our time. So I can't even make money to do anything about it. So I literally just have to trust the Lord that he will not lie to me. And he hasn't lied to me yet, and he's not going to start today. And so I get to just go like this with anxiety. And every single time it empties, he slides in here in that space. Amen. And it's, and it's, it's not just him. <clears throat> it's the purest manifestation of his love that there is. It's called the Holy Spirit. Oh, boy. Greed. Money. This thing is alive. It's alive. And Jesus straight up says it. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. He didn't give any other example there in the whole Bible. Because even 2,000 years ago, people were either serving God or money. And it's just true. <clears throat> we will literally give our entire, the, 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 the best years of our life, we'll give that whole section of our lives away per hour in hopes that we live long enough to hopefully have some good years with the money we worked for for 60 years. It's called, it's indentured servitude. Like it's literally, you're, someone's paying you to be a slave. And we call it the American dream. And I'm not saying quit your jobs and do what I'm doing. I would never tell you to do that unless the Lord told you to. And if he told you to, I would ask you 15, I would, I would ask you a thousand different ways if that was true. We'd find out together. Because the last thing you need to do without the Lord telling you to do is what I'm doing. <clears throat> and plus, 98% of the people on earth are in the workforce. They're not even in churches on Sundays. So the way we, the way we multiply identity in, in, in the culture is to multiply at work. We've got to go to work. We've got to be there. And then the responsibility that I have is this. And so I multiply identity into you, and then I say, hey, guys, okay, now we're done. Now go back to your churches and go back to your work and tell them what we talked about. Let's multiply. That's what I do. So <clears throat> I'm not telling you not to work. I'm not telling you don't make money. I'm not telling you not to have money. I'm not, trying, I'm not telling you not to have as much money as you possibly get your hands on. I'm just telling you to stop letting money have you. 
This is not what life exists. This is not what life is all about. This is not what life is all about. <clears throat> I'll tell you, in the last year, the last two years, there was one day when I got $80,000 in one day. <clears throat> and then we just were obedient with it. And in four months, it was gone. $80,000. $80,000. That's a lot. And then this year, we sold our house. We got $225,000 in one day. We tithed. We paid off every single bit of our debt. Which is exactly what we should have done with our money. We paid for six months in this house because that's what the Lord told us to do. So we're written. And then we just started doing whatever the heck he said with it. And it's all gone. Because we don't care. He's just going to give us... You don't understand, like, financial... Selling on a Sunday morning emotionally is not the key to more money. Ooh, that's your mouth. That's good. Because if the Lord sees, okay, every single time I give this person money, they throw it in the first bucket they think will get them more money, you're just showing him you're not financially responsible. That's what we're showing. Because we think that we can manipulate God with giving we think we can give enough money to make God give us more money back. That's all manipulation. <clears throat> and seed in the seed in the seed in the ground leaves the harvest, right? It's true. Obedience seed. Obedience seed. And the only way you can sow obediently is, is to get this crap out of your heart. Because you won't ever sow obediently when this thing has a hold on you. I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to go into the details. <clears throat> and I'm saying all this because I have a testimony. And we are about to walk into a financial outpouring that we never even, like it's a joke. It's a joke. One day I'll tell you, the, one, one day we're going to do this in our new house, and we're going to testify. And then I'll tell you the whole entire story. But the only reason why he's doing what he's doing in our lives is because he can trust us with that much money. And what I, what I mean is, he can trust that we'll do whatever he says with that much money. And he's also cool with us doing whatever we want with it. Because we're at a place in our life where we don't, we're, we're not slaves to, to a, a great note. Which, by the way, <clears throat> is more important to God in the tree form. Okay? It only has value to us. <laughs> He don't have a trillion dollar, he don't have like a pallet of money sitting up in heaven with, with Ben Franklin's face on it. <laughs> yeah. It has no value to him. The trees do. The trees have value. Not the paper. The tree. All right. Don't keep going. You good with all this? You good with all this? Yeah. Rebellion. <clears throat> this is, I was talking to my mom about this earlier, but I won't go into that. This is, Lord, I just want to do whatever you tell me. I just want your will for my life. And then as soon as he starts to enact his will on your life and your life starts to change, then you get upset because your life is changing as if your life was so according to his will already that it shouldn't have changed at all. And then we run. That's called rebellion. <laughs> Lord, I'll do whatever you say unless you ask me to do the thing that I won't do and then I just won't do it. That's all we're doing. And maybe we just hate the popo. And I hate to say it, but that's rebellion too. Every single level of authority that there is in your life, if we reject it, it's called rebellion. 
And ultimately, we're rebelling against God because in Romans 13, it tells us that every position of authority was put into place by him. And so if we reject any level of authority, which actually starts with mom and dad, first we reject mom and dad, then we reject teacher, then we reject coach, then we reject police, then we reject pastor, then we just reject God, and we reject the Bible. And if you can't submit to the authority of the Word of God, like you can't walk in the power and authority that you want. <clears throat> and I didn't say denomination. I said the Word of God. I didn't say theology either. I said the Word of God. Because that's, in the beginning, was, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you reject this, you're rejecting Him. 